Welcome, RSL Nation, to, to another podcast with your hosts, Adele and the Baker. What's up, RSL Nation? How you L-I-V-I-N? Living. You know, I'm kind of a 1-1 one, one on that. How about you? I, I would definitely say I'm very tight about my current happiness level. Undecided? I'm, I'm neither ecstatic nor sad. I'm very much tight about it. Like a one-pointer? Like, if I had to assign it like a numeric value of zero being no points gained, three being maximum points allowed, I'd give it a one. Like a one. Like a one-er. But does that one feel like a one gained or two lost? It, de- it definitely feels like a two lost, for sure. For sure. So we just came back from Rio Tinto Stadium. A.K.A. No Ducks Allowed Capital of the World. What was up with that? You know, we're a semi-serious, semi-professional podcast situation. Quasi. Quasi. I would argue that we're basically up there with, like, the Huffington Times. Huffington Post? Checks out. (laughs) Um, Rio Tinto's stance on inflatable ducks is militant, to say the least, says this observer. Just my two cents. Yeah. I I believe that there are certain parts of this country where you can get away with murder easier than you can to bring an inflatable duck at Rio Tinto. Fact. Call me old-fashioned about that. We are talking about trying to bring in a dozen. It was a dozen. It was a healthy amount. Inflatable. They are inflatable. Duck. Beach balls. Yeah, and I think that's where they got us, was the beach ball rule. Beach balls are not allowed at Rio Tinto, FYI. Do not. Ever. Confuse. They will murder your firstborn. I'm pretty sure right now they are gunning At least Kelly will. Yeah, that lady took it seriously. Very. For what it's worth, it is nice to see somebody take their job so seriously. She's very good at her job. She is fantastic at her job she got all of our ducks well many she got the majority of our ducks she got a lot of our ducks hey yo we're a little upset because we get into security took our ducks away you know can't what i have, have to say out. about that can't have a duck out without ducks can't can't duck it out without the ducks what the duck all i'm gonna say is we want our ducks back do you think the tie has anything to do with the lack of duck on the field well, it's scientific. Yeah. Was there a duck on the field last time we played? We have gotten, of the games we have played with ducks in the stadium, 100% of the time we've gotten three points. So all we try to do is improve those odds. Hey, sue me for, uh, please don't sue me. I, you have nothing to gain by suing me. But hypothetically speaking, hey, sue me for trying to get us three points. So there's that. Why are we talking about ducks? Onto the match. Sorry, Deloy. I think at one point when I was arguing with her, I told her to bring Deloy Hansen out. You definitely asked her to call Deloy Hansen. She says she doesn't work for Deloy Hansen. Right. She says she works for the stadium. Right. And I think then I said, well, who owns the stadium? Yeah, it got weird fast. I'm it got gonna, really weird. I'm really not going to lie. Yeah. That was... Anyways, listen. Um, Rio Tinto Security. Great job. Real Salt Lake. Come on, dudes. 
We asked you about this like a week and a half ago. I specifically, I took the formal route mm. and I tweeted at them. Formal AF. And I said, hey, we're bringing these. Any problems? Guess what they said? No news. Nothing. They said nothing. Yeah, that's Which I took as, that's not a no. If you haven't explicitly told me I can't do it, I'm assuming I can do it. So we did it. Anyways. No regrets. On no to the regrets. Game. On to the game. So, <clears throat> in case you couldn't tell, we were a little salty about the duckies. But here we are. 90 minutes later, just got back from the stadium. Ate a couple of uh, burritos slash tacos. Whatever you want to call those things. Mm. Heavy on the sriracha. Was good. A lot better than that game we just saw. Your thoughts on that game? Yeah, Baker? man, it's um, it was brutal. I, um, I mean, it, it's we deserved all three points, and and you know, regardless of deserving three points and not getting them, it's that's the kind of performance where you come back and you say, hey, the difference between being fifth and fourth place is, you know. One point, and and you look back at this game, and and by the time they got that equalizer, we should have been up three nil. It it's just it's not good enough. It's it's you if you only play a hundred percent for eighty minutes, you you deserve to lose points in that final ten minutes, and that's what happened. It's we were the better team for literally eighty minutes, almost the whole match. And then for whatever reason, we decided to phone it in in the last 10. And now we're sitting here with a point instead of the three we deserve. It definitely feels like a two-point loss, two-points lost game, especially after the first 45, man. We looked, especially after the first 30, we looked like we were, you know, en route to do another routing at the riot of a team who deserved it. The other teams around us did us huge favors today. Oh, yeah. LA Galaxy lost despite Zlatan's amazing goal. Mm-hmm. Portland lost to Houston. Not sure where that came from. Thank you, Houston. Seattle won. Um, LAFC tied, I think. LAFC um, tied New England 1-1. Man, we were, it was just good news all over. Even Dallas tied. Not like we're going to catch Dallas, but they tied. So, long story short, man, after the first 20, 30 minutes, I thought, here we go. Another sixer. I was. I had all these awesome posts in mind. Six, six, six. How was good? It would have been a good one. It would have been a pretty good one. Yeah. And look, we played better. Shots. I'm looking at the stats right now. We had 13 shots to their seven. Almost outshot them by a two to one margin. On target, only three to two, and 60 to 40. If you want to go precise, 61 to 39 possession. I mean, we outplayed these dudes. We, we we were better than them. We we should have taken the three points. What happened? I, I mean, I think I think it's twofold. I think you know uh, mental lapses on defense. Oh, just to be clear, uh, their first goal was not offside. Um, I've I've seen it a few times now. It's it's the guys on. It hurts um, me to say it, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah was uh, that gone. was just that was just a good ball. Um, so, so I, I think uh, it was a, it was a one-two punch, and the first punch being just lapses defensively. Um, it, it's you know you got some young guys making some rookie mistakes, and that happens. 
And then the second and arguably the bigger punch was just a lack of finishing, a total undeniable lack of finishing that has again again it, it's bitten us in the in, before and, and you know i thought it was kind of behind us and, and you know we were putting up back-to-back games where we were just burying goals and i, I said it before i'll say it again we should have been up three nil by the time that first uh, minnesota goal came and and we weren't and you know now now we've got the point to show for it so Albert Rusniak made me shut the hell up over the past three or four weeks. Because yeah. I, I was on a roll before then. I think you remember. You I was, roast, we were roasting pretty good. I was roasting him pretty good because I thought he didn't step up the right times to the right things. The right way. And, you know, give him lots of excuses. He was gone on the international break. He was playing for his country. He did pretty well. I think he scored a goal. Scored a goal for his country. And... He just wasn't there tonight, which just reminds me of the back, you know, the old days of Javi, Javier Morales. And we had that as Javi goes, so goes RSL. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've said no Javi, no magic more times in my life than I care to count. But are we back to no Rushniak, no magic? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the guy is key. It It's to – so um, – the fine folks at MLS Soccer do a podcast every uh, every week or so. I think uh, it what? is a, a podcast. What is that? Amateurs, um, and and they, they mentioned something about Rushnak not being our. I forget their exact wording, but I, they mentioned something about Rushnak not being our like key player or our key contributor, not being the most important guy on the field. And it, it's I, this is the kind of game where it's you clearly see how little understanding slash how wrong they are about that statement. It's it's as Rush RSL, especially in the attack, is only as good as how Rushnag is playing that night. Those two things are directly correlated. They are tied together. They go hand in hand. Uh, use any sports metaphor you want to, but if Rushnag is having a bad night or if you have shut down Rushnag somehow defensively, you have shut down the RSL attack. And I think our opponents know that. That's the problem. Oh, ab- absolutely. If if I am a coach and I need to prepare a team to face us, to face Real Salt Lake, I am saying I want two guys on Rushnak the second he gets the ball. Yeah, but if you are a coach in the MLS and you listen to the MLS podcast, well, different story. I, I would hope that they are not getting their primary uh, scouting sourcing <laughs> from the MLS podcast. So let's clarify this. Let's, let's set this straight. Here's my point. This is the Adele, by the way. Savarino is a really, really good player. Probably our most skilled player individually. Savarino is our most technically gifted player. Absolutely. Uh, Platita, Joao Plata, is a really important part of our offensive play. Absolutely. There's no denying that he's very, very important to the team. Kyle Beckerman, obviously, for the past more than a decade, has been a key part of everything we do. If nothing else, the heartbeat of the team. Absolutely. And we saw the difference. We'll get to that in a second here after he left uh, the game early. Mm-hmm. But the thing that Albert Rushnak does that none of those guys can do is he makes everybody around him better. 
when Albert Rushnak is on, Plata has a better game because he has better balls, because he has, he gets better spacing. Savarino has get gets gets better balls and gets better service and can put away more balls. Um even you know our hat trick hero, Damir, is better when Albert is better because he gets more service. Absolutely. Everybody's better. Everyone's good. Everyone's very important, but nobody is more important to making everyone else better than Albert Rushnak. That's es, why John es, Stockton is one of the greatest basketball players in, of all times. So you know, it's not because he has a lot of points. It's because he made everyone else around him better. Right. So assists matter. No, it's not. It's not even just the assists. It's just when he plays, when 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 his passes are on point, the opponents have to take notice. And everyone else gets more time on the ball, gets less attention. I don't know who these guys are. They were saying that Albert Rushnak is, well, I think they said like, what, eighth or ninth or something? Something that, like that, yeah. I mean, whatever whatever you smoke and pass them this way, because that's some, that's some detachment from reality that's, that's pretty drastic. And all of us can use that once in a while. Especially tonight. Especially tonight. Ayo. So, t- which brings me to Plata. All right, Joao Plata has had quite a few good games under his belt. He's active. He's all over the place. He runs, he hustles, he slides, he tackles, he assists. He does all of these things. But it, in recent, there was a specific play tonight where there was a breakaway. Mm-hmm. I think it was Rushniak who got him the ball and sent him off on a run. He he was in full stride, full sprint on the left side going forward. This was second half because they were facing the south. And halfway through his run, he stops, jukes the Minnesota defender, puts him on his butt. It was funny. I remember laughing. But then I remember thinking, why doesn't he just go through with it? What's up with Plata? Is he being too passive in your opinion? I mean, I don't know what instructions he is getting from Petke. I would imagine giving, given his speed, um, if, if I was the one making the calls, I would say either let's get a breakaway. And then, you know, it depends on who, who what kind of defense you are facing. I would say let's get a breakaway quickly. Let's move a ball down the field quickly. And let's get him on the counter. Or, and I think what we saw a lot of tonight is Plata run, stretch the field, make the field long, and um, and and wait for you know the the rest of the like. Because let's be honest, he's faster than the rest of the attack as he's well. He's faster than any defensive player in the league. Well, right, defensive player on the other team, but on our team, he is faster than anyone else in the attack. Maybe I, I mean I I haven't seen Savarino at a full sprint in a while. Maybe Savarino can keep up, but for the most part, he is much faster than the rest of the attack. I imagine a lot of his hesitation comes from slash waiting for support. I'm not a coach, nor a scientist, but nor a mathematician for that matter of fact. But if I'm creating a fast break, a breakaway, who do you send loose? You sent Plata. Your fastest player. But for what it's worth, I do think RSL was abysmal on the counter tonight. I think we played our, our – we sat on the ball for longer than we should have, especially in the midfield. We, we need to let loose those wings, and we need to let them loose fast. 
one word comes to mind, indecisive. It seems like we got the ball, we got it up, and then nothing happened with it. All right, enough about Plata. Um, uh, Savarino thought he had a decent game. He had a good game. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people thought or think he was too selfish in the beginning of the season. They like him better now because he's passing more, he's crossing more, he's giving the ball away more. I don't know. I, I would almost, just like Plata, I would like him to be a little more selfish and aggressive and just take that damn shot once in a while. I mean, yeah, he, he you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of especially tonight, you know, his, his last few games before tonight were absolutely astounding and, and not a lot of critique there. I think tonight it's, it's you know, the Arsenal attack got, got figured out a little. It, it's we. We had a team show up to Rio Tinto that didn't want to stand in the middle of the field and box. They were okay defending and bunkering and 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 playing their game the way they knew they could walk away with a point. And, you know, it, it worked. Um, I think both the Colorado games uh, and the Colorado game kind of being an outlier given the fact that, you know, they ended up getting two red cards in the first half. Uh, the, the LA Galaxy game was we were facing an LA Galaxy side that I think legitimately thought they were the quote unquote better team that came to play soccer. I think Minnesota United is totally fine with the fact slash the truth that they are not the better team tonight. I, I think they embrace that wholeheartedly. It showed in their strategy, it showed in their technique, and I think they just shut Savarino down. Yeah, I, I, you know. Hey, good game plan. That's all. That's all there is. We didn't even miss any like really good chances. It was just no, limit, limit those crosses. Be sure your guy is the first guy to get to that cross, and you know you can't complete it if if you intercept it. Do remember, we know experts. Just a couple of amateurs doing the podcast, fans, season ticket holders, duck organizers, duck enthusiasts. Some would say duck enthusiasts, especially blow up duck enthusiasts. Hey, the plastic type. They're somewhere. Hey, we're not bitter. But just let us know next time, okay? All right. Let's get to one more specific player, Kyle Beckerman. Kyle Beckerman. Which takes us to the topic right afterwards, which is our substitution patterns. Kyle Beckerman, for the first time in a very long time, left the game tonight early, had a yellow card. Um, I heard somewhere that he might have had a little knock Got a little injury. Mm-hmm. Hopefully nothing serious. Didn't look like it on the field. Can't fail to notice that the team looked different when Kyle Beckerman left the field. Yeah. All of a sudden, we were on the back foot. Constantly. Mm-hmm. Consistently. Thoughts on Kyle Beckerman. And does this show something that I have been advocating against the past few weeks, maybe even months, that... Kyle Beckerman is on his way down. Therefore, the team could do without. I So, uh, I mean, first things first. Love me some Kyle Beckerman. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Make no mistake about that. Yes. Um, I think if... I think the plan to, quote-unquote, replace Kyle Beckerman needs to be a bit more thorough. I think between, you know, Sonny, Demir... And Luke Mulholland, who was on the bench tonight, somebody there is ready to take up that mantle and and play that role. But I think when you've got Demir playing striker and Sonny kind of being this like backline destroyer of anything that comes past me is going to get murdered. 
um, and Luke red card know, or not red card or not and Luke being you know literally coming back off of injury tonight tonight was his first minutes in, in months um Luke didn't play tonight he did not right it was it was his first time making the the bench oh sorry. yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. Sorry. First, first, time. Mm-hmm. first time making the bench in months um it it's the the heir apparent needs to be there somewhere, but I thought it was the mirror. But clearly, that is not the case. Where when you if you take this guy out because of an injury, all of a sudden we implode defensively. That's unacceptable. We we as a as a team need to have a better answer for what our shape, especially defensively, and especially those outlets when we're being pressed high. We need to figure that out. We need to have an answer because because. Kyle Beckerman, love him to death. Those miles are limited. Those legs and knees have seen some minutes, and he deserves to leave this club in the hands of somebody capable, especially at his position. I, I, I think to not have an answer for what a post-Kyle Beckerman Riasa Lake looks like is disrespectful to his legacy. I agree. First of all. Second of all, I thought we had that answer multiple times by now, and I honestly think – our best answer to Kyle Beckerman replacement long term might be the guy that's playing our number nine right now. Yeah, yeah, the the mirrors, you know, which puts just even more pressure on us finding a number nine, so the mirror doesn't have to fill that role, which puts a lot more pressure on our front office. Do your jobs, guys. Jeez. Yeah, it's um, th- it's the- a matter of discovering talent and signing it before the rest of the league i i skipped over a lot of words there right. that could have used um signs him is right. that hard i why, mean why is that hard it, it, it is hard you, it's for what hard. it's worth it's extremely difficult but you get paid a whole lot of money so get <laughs> out there do your damn job i we were told today tonight i should say that we were extremely hard on craig weibel and i disagree with that statement because you know, so I'm looking at the at the latest signing, you know, our, our new CB, and to me that says two things: a, Marcelo Silva is more hurt than I think the initial ankle injury shows, um, and for what's worth, I think the fact that we you know didn't use any Tam on that signing is just a, a really nice bonus, and obviously you need to see what you know the actual play looks like. So before we get to more of that, let's rip on Craig Weibel for just one more second. Okay. Okay. The reason we rip, I rip on Craig Weibel is because Craig Weibel has my dream job, probably your dream job, probably the dream job of 10,000 people who pay to be at Rio Tinto Stadium every single night. Correct. And tens of thousands more. Mm-hmm. So I, he has no sympathy for me. He has right. a job to put together a soccer team in the state of Utah. I get it. In the city of Salt Lake City. I get it. I don't get the negative sides of either of those things. But at the end, come on, man, do your damn job. We're hearing stuff like a lot of the times our front office is just not fast enough to react to opportunities in the marketplace. Now, I've met Deloitte Hansen a few times. I've seen him speak quite a few times, and I've read a lot about him. I don't think he's the kind of guy who appreciates missed opportunities. You don't go – he's a self-made billionaire – you don't do that by missing opportunities. So at what point does Deloitte Hansen say, all right, Craig, where's my nine? 
why why am I not winning MLS championships? And the only answer with this team this year is you don't have a number nine. Your it's last, not the only reason, but it's a primary it, reason. It's right now, really it is the team. only reason. Right. Everything else is working but that number nine. And you know what? The two biggest signings in the history of this club have been who? Busts. Ah, number nines. Right. Busted number nines who did well elsewhere. Yeah. So, long story short, and we're going to finish it here. I'm going to personally keep ripping on Craig Weibel because he's not doing a good enough job. I don't care that we're a small market team. Right. I don't care that we're not going to pay someone $6 million anytime soon. Mm -hmm. We do not need a Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Well, we do, but we can't afford him. So that's okay. I get that. But right, there's an answer there somewhere. There's an answer there somewhere. Yeah. And, and I mean, for what it's worth, the, uh, the, the roster deadline as, as of yesterday night is locked in. The team we have is the team we have. Yeah. It is the team that we are finishing the rest of the season with. Um, so, so there is no support coming. <laughs> well, let me ask you this one more question but on Craig Weibel, mm -hmm. my favorite guy. Love you, Craig. I really do. Um, who thought that Yura Mosisian and Mike Petke would ever get along? That's just basic human people management 101. Those two characters would never, ever get along right it's so why i mean yura is a very i don't think rsl has the crest or the star above their crest without yura i want to say that first i love me some yura and uh for those of you uh, tuning in and who have somehow managed to ignore the news thus far yura is now playing in the mls with chicago um which is you know fantastic for yura um it's I, I don't know what those conversations were like behind the scenes. I think there is plenty of fault that falls on your shoulders for the way to how for the way how things ended or how things ended. And then there's equal amounts of blame on Petke slash the club. Um, but yeah, it's the things that I think Petke looks for is, is work ethic and and a and a guy that you know will play both offense and defense and chase the ball and put in that constant work ethic and after 90 minutes he's exhausted every 90 minutes and that was never going to be Yura. Um that's never going to be Zlatan Ibrahimovic. That was right. never it's, Del Piero. That was never going it, to be It's not a big number 9 mentality. It, it is work ethic is extremely important to Petke from what I can tell from the interviews I've seen and from conversations I've uh, you know seen him have with reporters and the media. It, it's there are things he values in his players and in his team, and it is not – they are not qu – qualities very frequently found in traditional big-name number nines, and we've hinted at that before. Yeah. And does that make Craig Weibel's job harder? Absolutely. Um, no. It absolutely no. does. It's You have to find a no. number nine who can finish uh, and be and – be dangerous on the ball and and create space and be able to finish who is also semi undiscovered and has unbelievable work ethic. Well, in the meantime, a, in the meantime, it's a of a combination. Okay, in the meantime, just how about staying away from signing seven-figure annual deals from people or individuals who are that typical number 9. Sure. And guarantee them money for multiple years in advance. 
That uh, seems like pretty low freaking hanging fruit. I I get that, but the 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 choice not to act is still a choice, and the choice not to sign a player is still a choice, and I don't think it is the right choice. All right, let's get on to the next point here. Backline, good, not great tonight. I was really excited how the backline actually because we sit next to each other in the stadium, stand next to each other in the stadium, section thirty-five, row H. I think I might have jinxed us. You might have jinxed us. That's actually pretty fair. 75 minutes in, I'm thinking, and I'm saying out loud to the point of where everyone around me can hear me, um, I'm saying Justin Glad um, doing really well tonight. Both of our backs, outside backs, doing really well tonight. What in the world is going on? And then what happens? They screw the pooch. 15 minutes, just horrible. Yep. Horrendous. I don't know what that was. The second goal, obviously, offside. Uh, offside or not, how, how can you leave someone that open, right. that close to the goal? Right. It's um, It was not a great performance. It was not – scratch that. It was a fantastic night minus 15 minutes. Yeah. Which I feel like we were saying that exact same line four months ago. Mm-hmm. It's. I thought we had gotten over this. I thought we were uh, mentally sharp now for 90 minutes, and we're clearly not. What happened tonight wasn't a lack of talent or skill. It was a lack of mental focus, which bothers me because that means you are not caring. Yes. You need to be on for 90 minutes. It's your damn job. You cannot phone it in for the last 10, Tune especially in. when you are only up a goal. Um Especially I'm, against a team who has absolutely, literally nothing to lose. Right. Minnesota was is, is playing for jobs. They're playing for contracts next year. Um, it, it's, this is a team that clearly isn't going to make the playoffs. I think they actually might be already mathematically out, if I'm not mistaken, um, or very near to. It, it's well, you, at- you have to be tuned in. Like you can't, you can't just quit in the last 10 minutes. I get it. I thought three points were done. I was having my beer. I was joking. I was high-fiving folks around uh, the section. Blowing but up ducks. I was blowing up ducks. But I am not a professional athlete. I have that luxury of paying you money to do your goddamn job. I'm sorry for the language, Charles Nation. Doing your job and handling business. And you clearly weren't capable of doing that. And we're asking for 90 minutes every week. Yeah. Every once in a while, 90 minutes two times a week. All right. So I agree with that. Backline looked incredible the first 75 or so minutes, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Like I said, I kept talking about it. I thought Herrera did a really good job. I thought uh, Justin did a really good job. I, I mean, everyone did a good job. It was just a good backline performance, except it seems like they all dropped it at the same time at the end. I'm not sure if that had anything to do with Kyle Brackman leaving the game or not. That's a whole different discussion. All right, so we're running out of time here, so let's get a couple of other points here. Um, Standings. So because of the other results in the Western Conference tonight, I think you and I have a vast, drastic, and very clear difference of opinions here. Right. At this very moment, we are in the fourth spot in the West at 45 I mean. Essentially, the West hasn't changed except for Seattle moved up three points. Well, no, the West has changed quite a bit. We are in the fourth position mm-hmm. at 45 points. Right. Vancouver, who is in the seventh 
spot and out underline out of the playoffs uh, for the time being is at 40 points right puts him five points behind us correct that's a larger number of points that they're behind us right then they were this morning correct so net i take this day as a positive in the standings because we have more clearly secured our position in the playoffs this year right that's a no-brainer right we do have a couple of really tough road games coming up we won't we won't even touch those tonight Mm -hmm. we'll touch those probably on tuesday night podcast sounds good but you and i disagree on the fundamental of making the playoffs is good versus making the playoffs is only good if we are in a specific or certain position right so to clarify that a little bit i will agree with you and and this is this is very difficult for me to do because i don't like being wrong i will agree with you that the likelihood of real salt lake making the playoffs has increased tonight uh versus decreased the likelihood of us being in a playoff spot has, has gotten better because of the results of tonight uh between how we played and how the teams around us played what i where where my difference of opinion lies which you highlighted is the fact that i think the likelihood of us hosting a game a first round game or ideally even just being sitting in the in in the buy round and getting to avoid all that mess has drastically dropped tonight. I think it is very, very, very likely that our first game in the playoffs will be on the road against a surging, uh, you know, either Seattle team, uh, perhaps Portland, perhaps SKC. Um, it'll be a powerhouse. There are no weak teams left in the playoffs. In the West. In the West, at least. Um, that scares me. That is not a scenario I think we will do well in. I think... If there is one thing I learned about Real Salt Lake this season, it is that when the pressure is on and when a result has to happen, within a few exceptions, I mean, there are exceptions to every rule, this is a team that isn't capable of performing. And I think on the road in a must-win game against a surging side will result in a very early exit for us in the playoffs, which honestly, given the results of the last two years, I'd rather just avoid. Yeah, I see. I think you're completely wrong. So this this team is unpredictable. Which this is one of those rare years where that's a good thing. A one game playoff, even away against anybody, because I think we have proven that we can beat anybody on any given night. They can win. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just personally, I would rather, you know, it's that whole old saying of you can't win the lottery unless you play it. Right. We have no chance in the playoffs unless you play it. Right. And honestly, here's the good thing from my perspective. We're going into the very last few games of the season, right? These are the ones that matter. Right. I think five left at this point. Right. Really, really tough games. Right up away at Atlanta, away at KC, away at Portland, home against Portland, and home against New England. New England, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so really tough games. I mean, we got the New England at home, but that's that's not a cakewalk. No, 
And if there's one thing we've learned tonight, it's cakewalks are under sure thing. There's no, there are no cakewalks, even from the East Coast. Twice against Portland. All I'm saying is I just want to be in the mix. Put us in the mix. If we can survive this stretch of really tough games, including many away, including the one we're going to be at in Portland, we're dangerous. We don't make the playoffs unless we show good form on the road because the majority of our, of our games left this year on the road against really tough opponents. I mean, two of the best teams in the league were at their house mm-hmm. in KC, in Atlanta. And, um, well, I don't want to call Portland one of the best teams in the league, but they're good. Yeah, and, especially at home. And they're head-to-head competitors to us. Right. So we make the playoffs. I don't care if you're away. We'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Anyways. That's enough for that one. So just a couple of other things. So first, uh, we're going to do a podcast on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Tuesday, we're going to discuss playoff pictures and next the, the remainder of our games. Um, here's something that also came to mind, and a lot of people mentioned this on Facebook, on our page, RSL Nation. The crowd was not very good tonight. We get it. The team wasn't good. And I get it. There was a University of Utah football game tonight. There was a U football game. That and a pretty, lost. Hope it was worth it. A pretty big uh There was some match. kind of boxing match. I get all of that. Mm-hmm. But even those of us who were there, supposedly 19,000-something, mm-hmm. based on our sales numbers, uh, there was, it was just... Like, was everyone else watching the boxing match and well, football game on their phones? What was it? Was it was dead in the stadium? Well, Thirty-five where we sit. Tried multiple times and it, it went well for for a little while, but there was just a miss. There was no energy in the stadium. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid critique of the fan base tonight. Um, you know, we are here to comment on all aspects of the team, including the fans. Um, not our finest hour. I, I think it's very hard to go, uh, you know, 6-0 and then 6-2 and then all of a sudden 1-1 and still be excited. Um, well, there was there was no excitement during the game. For sure. I you mean, know, I think there was excitement during the goal and the, and the minutes around you know the what goal. I think, you know what I think would have really helped the excitement? A second goal. Anders slash Ducks. Was it Ducks? I bet it's yeah, Ducks. Love Ducks. It was Ducks. Some, some Ducks. Some inflatable Ducks. Yeah. 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 Checks out. You know, we could have probably done it in a way that doesn't get them on the field. Could have done it, um, but you know, the duck police was out in full force. The, duck, the the fun the fun enforcement duck police was totally out there. Hey, we tried, <clears throat> and that's all a man can do at the end of the day. Hey, at the end of the day, let's just let let's be better as a as a fan base before we even criticize the players. And very very lastly, just a shout out to. All of our supporters groups and our information groups and our social media groups, the RSL Soapbox and uh, the, all of the other diehards. RSL Faithful. RSL Faithful and the the new Duck Twitter. Yeah, our Albert Rushquack. Rushquack. Yeah. Hey, man, you guys are all awesome. Keep it up. I think... Um, there's no such thing as too much attention that we can draw to this game and this team. and Let's just have some fun with it. At the end of the day, it is just a bunch of grown men kicking around a ball on a field for 90 minutes. And we just try to have some fun with it while we're having some barbecued uh, 
chicken chicken and some beer and some whiskey and hopefully some duck beach balls soon absolutely good night arsenal nation have an awesome one talk to you soon